Hi, Liz Winstead, co-creator of The Daily Show and founder of Abortion Access Front, or as we call it, Abortion AF. Abortion AF is a nonprofit created by activists, organizers, and a variety of showbiz types who want to use our talents and platforms to raise awareness to the erosion of abortion access and create programs that help us reclaim this fundamental right. We help connect local abortion providers and activists with their community so folks can learn how to help clinics stay open, patients access care, and reverse the current decimation of bodily autonomy. We also get into good trouble exposing the lies of the anti-abortion movement at their churches, their rallies, and their religious-based fake abortion clinics where creepy people doing some sort of medical cosplay demonize folks seeking abortion care instead of providing it. Oh yeah, and our weekly podcast, Feminist Buzzkills Live, we use facts and humor to wade through the ever-changing news in this hellscape. To learn more or to make a donation, visit aafront.org. Exposing sexist ass clowns has never been more rewarding. Wayro TV is filmed for a live studio audience being held against their will. Clement, would you take a minute to just introduce yourself and tell us what you're working on? Yeah, so I'm Clement Bryant. Um, I basically, I'm working on a ton of stuff right now, but my main uh, full-time job, I am the manager, a manager of social strategy at CBS. Um under Paramount Global, so Paramount Plus, we work with all that, so like we're in that company. Um, so I also podcast on the side. Um, I kind of just drop in a podcast. I had a Black Lightning podcast back in the day a few years ago. Um, and then I'm a freelance entertainment journalist, and I kind of also jump on other podcasts reviewing TV shows, films, sometimes books. Um, so that's mainly what I'm doing right now. That's very cool. Did you you were also on a Flash podcast, if I, if I remember correctly? Yeah, I was. I was. I I occasionally jump on there whenever like um, Andy Babak would need me to, but mainly I was like we were part of like the DCP podcast, which the Flat podcast is in, and then I we kind of started blacklighting off of that. So um, I would jump in there every few every every couple times if needed. Yeah, Black Lightning, sorely best. Um, so yeah, uh, that's that's how I initially came came across you was through the Black Lightning podcast, uh, and then I realized that, that you did all this other thing, and we're both fellow marketers. So I thought it'd be fun <laughs> uh, to talk about that. So, but let me ask, like, what what started your your journey into geekdom? Um, honestly, it's always kind of been there. I remember when I was like maybe five. Um, my father is an oil painter, so he would teach me, or like, I have no artistic skills whatsoever, um, but that's where my creative background comes in. It's like my father would kind of teach me the basics about like art, and he would teach me, take me to museums. And my uncle also freelanced for Marvel and DC Comics and taught me about like Wolverine and Storm and the X Men. Um, and that's kind of where that started. Um, when I was younger, I was in the Teenage Mutant Turtles, Power Rangers, G.I. Joe. So, like, that was always into Geekdom at some point. Left it for a few years. I was in high school. I got made fun of it a lot for liking a lot of stuff. Um, but maybe probably around 2006, 2007, um, my best friend and roommate at the time in college um, kind of got me back into comics, kind of got me back into sci fi. Um, and then it's ever since ever since that kind of part, I've been involved increasing more going back to the kingdom, 
Um, and, you know, it's also helped me in my career. I've worked on Star Trek Discovery for Netflix when I was agency side. Um, and I worked on some other comic properties that I can't speak to. But, um, yeah, so it's always kind of been there. It's something that I'm really passionate about. As you can't tell, I have a Civil War poster behind me. Um, and, like, I have Funkos over here that you probably can't see. So, like, I've always been a little bit of a geek. Do you – was it – what was your first character, like, what, what, that, that you really found an attachment to? good question i would probably say a mix of wolverine cyclops beast and storm for me it was the it was the x-men because you know the animated series back in the 90s yes. was like my thing um but then also i would say like later on as i got older kind of like especially with spider-man as like the more darker storylines that Spider-Man encountered. Um, those runs, I kind of really got involved in that as well. Let me ask you, what's, what's something that, that you really enjoy? Because, you know, having working over in the social media side, um, you get to see all aspects of it. But, but what's something you really enjoy about uh, serving these audiences, serving, like, the key culture audiences? I guess that's a good question. It's, like, on those properties that I can't speak to, but, like... <laughs> You know, I was the voice of, let's just say, some characters on the internet. Um, and so I would love to see what the reaction was. But on the flip side, seeing what the reaction of that, too, it could, I, like, I'd be like, oh, they love this. And that would go sideways sometimes. So, like, right. the excitement of putting out something into the world and seeing how it's going to receive or lack thereof is a challenge. But it's also exciting to see, like, how you can kind of implement that and refine and learn more. I think that's the exciting part about it for me. Have you found, so like having embraced your geekdom, like did you find that it helped inform your marketing career and decisions? Uh, a, yes and no, honestly. Um, because like all the shows that I work on at CBS right now don't have a comic book or a sci-fi aspect to them. But if I do have an idea that would start of like, oh, if I was working on, you know, let's say the Eternals, right? I could walk that back and figure out how that can apply to the shows that I'm working on. Um, I would say the one show where it did help me was I launched the Equalizer with Colleen Chifa, um, CBS side for social media uh, a couple years ago. Like I had a lot of ideas, you know, based off like, because there was a big tech environment that I was like, Oh wait, this could work here. And my boss loved it. So it's been a little bit of a mixed bag for me. Sure. Yeah. I try to, the reason why I ask is I try to, Bring it in every chance I get. Like, yeah. like, oh yeah, we can do <laughs> this infographic is fine, but let's do it as a comic book. <laughs> like that, that exactly. That conversation happens a lot. Um, yeah. Probably more than that. Uh, but let me ask you, like, when when did you start this journey on the marketing side? Like, when when did that start for you? What drew you to it? Honestly, um, when I was in college, I originally went to college for music business and to be an A and R rep and to get into like. Um, recording because like I love music back in the day I still love it um, but music was like my first passion and then when I was in college um, my friend needed help marketing and I had a lot of ideas he's like are you sure you want to be in music because you have ideas and like I remember coming up with an idea for like a Chris Brown Wrigley's commercial like not talking just on my own volition and literally about three weeks later after I had dreamed out the concept and like three o'clock in the morning, the same concept was a commercial. <laughs> and I was like, really? Okay. <laughs> and that's how I kind of got started into it. 
graduated into the recession and then I had to find out another way of coming at it. And my first job was in social media was at a startup. And that's how I kind of got into marketing from there. But also talking with my friends and being like, you don't really belong in music. You have too many ideas to be in music. Um, and that's kind of what that beginning of marketing and social was for me. Tired of being tracked online? DuckDuckGo could help. Tracking is a comprehensive program. Trackers lurk nearly everywhere online from websites, emails, and even apps in your phone. That means you need a multi-pronged solution. DuckDuckGo's all-in-one privacy app can be used as an everyday browser with private search, tracking, blocking, encryption, and now email protection built in. It's the free, easy button for online privacy. Download the app today. DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. Hey there, boys and girls. It's your old podcast pal, Ralph Garman here, inviting you to invite me into your ear holes five days a week with my podcast, The Ralph Report. Join me, Eddie Pence, Steve Ashton, and the rest of the happy lunatics that make up the Garmy for as little as 15 cents a day. And for that, you get five shows a week filled with music and jokes and news and history and just so much good stuff that you're going to be glad you chose The Ralph Report. How do you listen? Well, it's pretty simple. Go to patreon.com, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash The Ralph Report and sign up today. There's four amazing levels of subscription that you can join, each one with their own special bunch of benefits. So check it out. Listen to me, Ralph Garman, on The Ralph Report. Patreon.com slash The Ralph Report. Now, is this the same friend you referred to uh, as sort of like your personal Yoda? Oh no, this is a different. Oh, it's a friend. Yeah, yeah. This is a I just friend, yeah. I thought that was like beautifully said. Uh, but let me let me ask you real quick about about that friend and uh, just the role that they've played in your life. Um, yeah, so his name is Wes. Um, Wes, I've known since like 2002, um, and so we're very close. He was the best man at my wedding a couple months ago, um, and you know we also went to college together from our hometown, and he was my roommate in college. So. Whenever I'm having a problem or wherever I'm like really faced with a solution, whether it's life, career, or even relationship with my wife, I kind of talk to him about certain things that I'm going through and he gives me direction, but also inspiration. He was the inspiration for me moving to LA to make it on my own. Um, and I was like, I don't know about this. So he's kind of been really, I don't want to say like, you know, he play he plays a large role in my life. He's really inspirational. Um, he deals with some really medical issues that I don't want to really speak to because that's his business, but, um, I find him a really inspiring character. And so anything that he's going through, I compare my life to it and I'm like, I can take that on. Um, but he kind of is like, it's not that bad. Don't worry. Come at it from this angle. So, um, it's mainly like right now, it's mainly a lot of the job and being in LA stuff as you, if I don't, if you've been in LA, you know it it's its own vibe. It's its own character. So he kind of guides me where it's like the relationship stuff I've kind of gotten out. But, you know, he was also the person that re-inspired me to start dating again a few years ago. And like, that was a month before I met my wife, my now wife. So he's been really influential in my life. Yeah. And it's so important to, I, just for creators in general to have someone like that in their life. Like I, yeah. I really, when I saw that, I was like, that's awesome because you, you've got like a rock, you know, 
is someone that, that you can always count on, which I think is so important. Um, let me ask about the day-to-day at your job. What is that like? Just for, for creatives that like don't really understand what happens on the other side. Uh, to be honest, every day is different. Every day has its challenges. Right now, we're in the middle of prepping for our fall slate. And so, like, I'm finding myself on a lot of calls as a social media strategist that I wouldn't think I would be in. Like, I am talking with set production about when I can go to set. I'm talking with actors. Actors are texting me day by day. I'd be like, oh, wait, what is this happening? When is this happening? And so, which is also cool. Uh, but also I'm having to talk to the CMO. I'm having to talk to SCP of brand strategy. So it's like, it's not just put something out in social. I have to go through legal. I have to go through brand strategy. I have to go SCP strategy. So like every day has its challenges. And like today I have the unfortunate, well, the unfortunate um, placing of being on a lot of Zoom calls back to back. I've been on Zoom calls since like 8.30 this morning. Oh no. <laughs> and so it's like, I'm like, oh my God, there's so many calls. I'm like, what am I going to be able to get my work done? So it's like, there's not really a set day to day, but like the day to day for me right now, if I had to say is, writing my social strategies, coming up with bigger ideas, staying on top of social platform trends, you know, hashtag Elon Musk, <laughs> just to kind of point that out a little bit, staying on top of that and just kind of be forward thinking as much as I can. Yeah. Um, but also thinking about public relations, PR, publicity, thinking about my talent, um, thinking about where I'm going to go to set, thinking about how is this going to be seen? How am I going to be able to sell this big idea that's going to require $1 million. Just kidding. But like, how am I going to be able to sell those ideas through? So it's a little bit of a give and take right now. But you know, what's wild. Uh, If you go back 10 years ago, uh, the social media team would, was not taken seriously, right? Like they were the bottom of the rung. Usually it was an intern. Uh, But now you're, you're talking about being texted by the actors on the shows themselves. And that 10 years ago would have, I think, blown people's minds, right? Like they would have been like, wait, what? So uh, what is that? What is that? I mean, because that's kind of wild to me to, to be in on all that as the social media guy. Uh, do you ever stop to think about that? Like, does that come across your mind sometimes just as a marketer, like of how much has changed? Yeah. And I think about it a lot, even like, you know, I was talking with my wife. My wife is also a marketer. Uh, so that helps awesome. too. But like yeah. me and my wife always talk about influencers, how quickly that space has turned around how quickly you know you know we talk about creators we talk about uh you know twitch broadcasters like we really talk about a lot of that even my friends are talking about like how far social is and how much social keeps on changing day to day tiktok for example changes things every day facebook changes everything every day instagram like reels like let's talk about all that it's like it's i find it exciting but also challenging to be able to stay on top of these things even right now we're dealing i can't really speak to it but we're dealing with something with tiktok where it's like wait this feature was just here and now it's gone and now we gotta come back again and try to figure out so like you know i can't speak to like the specifics about it but it's very much like it's amazing how much it changes and like while there are traditional marketing principles that always apply I always have to be, at least in my job, being the advocate for doing things differently on social because social has to be done differently. You can't you can't apply what you do on air to social because social has to move differently. Right. Yeah. It's a, so yeah. It's a living ecosystem. You know, exactly. 
and it's not like in the respect of putting out an advertisement, you know, once it's out there, it's out there, but this is, you're dealing with something that's constantly shifting under your feet, like almost every yeah. second. How do you, yeah. how do you stay on top of it? Like, is there just a go-to source that you go to or like, how do you, how do you just keep track of everything? Honestly, it's a mix. It's it's a mix. It's a mixed solution for me. I have social producers under me, like well, not under me, but like I don't manage them. But I, you know, I talk to them every day, and they're like, "Oh, this is happening. Um, this is the latest trend." We get emails from people throughout the company thinking about, "Oh, this is the latest trend." Uh, I have, you know, I look at LinkedIn a lot because a lot of stuff I looked at on LinkedIn, the social platform that's coming over LinkedIn. Um, speaking to the job, we are able to partner with the platform, so they give us updates as well, time to time. It's not consistent, um, but it also depends on the platform. And then, you know, my team of other social strategists also keep each other. We keep each other informed of what's happening from a trend standpoint, platform update standpoint, paid organic uh, or paid media update. Um, we're we're very much a community in the job, and we keep each other informed of what's happening. Um, but also, I rely on my wife. My wife is working with owners right now. She works for um, a beauty hair care line and she deals with her social team and she deals with influencers part of her job. And we talk about that a lot, just about what's happening there as well. So it's like, it's a collection, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Well, I mean, everything with social media is a collective action yeah. in one way, shape or form. You're never fully acting alone, right? There's always going to be some <laughs> kind of, there's always going to be some kind of ripple in the pond as you throw, as you throw in the rocks. Exactly. This is Rosie Tran from Rosie and BJ Save the World, a podcast asking big questions and discussing how to solve these big issues. This is a podcast for people just like you who ask, has the war on drugs been successful? Do we need universal basic income? Should we legalize sex work? Go to rosieandbjsavetheworld.com to get more confused. Do you want to grow your audience without sacrificing your privacy? then the Stupid Sexy Privacy mini-series is just for you. It's a short, special presentation that will run every Thursday morning right here on Weiwo.tv for the next 23 weeks. In each short episode, we'll teach you how to preserve as much of your privacy as possible while still participating in the creator economy. You'll also hear from top privacy and disinformation experts who will teach you how to protect yourself from fascists and weirdos. And who doesn't want that? So make sure you're subscribed to Weiwo.tv where all podcasts can be found and we'll see you every Thursday morning for a special presentation of Stupid Sexy Privacy, a Weiwo.tv miniseries. So the writing... Like, how much of it are you oh. still doing? Where can we find it? Like, what would you like to tell us about it? I'm not really, as far as, like, the entertainment um, stuff, the entertainment genre, I'm not, I really haven't done it in maybe, I want to say, about two years. Um, I was writing for the Marvel Report, um, mainly, um, which is kind of the offshoot of the DC TV podcast, but basically I was writing for there. So I did reviews for Avengers Endgame back in the day, reviews for... Infinity War, Black Panther, all of that. So that's where I write it. And then, um, but a lot of that can be found on MarvelReport.com. And then I used to also write for, uh, what was it? It was a, I can't try to remember the name of it. I only wrote them for a couple times. And then I also had my own uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Agents of Marvel podcast of the stream.tv, which I would also write through some, some stuff for them as well. Um, so I haven't really had a chance to do years. It's something that I want to get back to but 
time as a man that was very yeah. very limited very limited especially just with the job of like it's a lot oh um, i don't want to get back to that space yeah yeah no i think i think it'd be terrific just to just to get like because i enjoyed the stuff that you were putting out uh oh, thank you. and so like i would yeah i just think more people need to be reading your stuff so um but i know you i yeah, i know how crazy the marketing job is because that's yeah. what i do when i'm not doing this right so yeah, it could be hard to get time. Let me let me ask you. I have two questions left, and these are the two that I ask everybody. Um, sure. The first is, what if you went back in time? Would you say to your younger self, like if today you could go back to younger you, like what would you say? Oh, I have a lot of advice for me. I think one of the cheap ones would be like, and this is something maybe you can relate to as a marketer. Don't sweat the small stuff. Keep your eye on the bigger picture. Have perspective. Not just in the job, but also things in the job may upset you. You might be frustrated with, but think about perspective. Think about, you know, your life outside the job. I think that would be one key advice I give to myself. Just think about perspective in the bigger picture as it relates to your overall life. Um, another one would be, you know, it's okay not to have things perfect. Progress over perfection. Um not just as a marketer, not just as a creative, not just as an entertainment journalist, but in terms of just life overall. Progress, not perfection. You know, perfection is unattainable. Progress is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so those are the two things I would say to my younger self. No, I think it's well said. I, I, and I think, you know, I was just talking to someone the other day about meditation, and she said to me, I don't want to do it because I'm bad at it. I said, well, no one ever gets... Great. I mean, no one ever gets it perfectly, right? You just keep doing it, and then you no. maybe you get incrementally better. Like that's that's the way to do things. I meditate every morning for thirty minutes to an hour. That's like, awesome. But just that took because. You... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go, sorry. Go ahead. No. Sorry. But, no, ahead. but but I'm sure that took a while to build up to, right? Like that took. Oh yeah, like and you know it's it came out of you know my last job, and I was just like, okay, I need to, I need to reframe how I'm thinking because often, you know, as a marketer, you might get stressed. You might be like, Oh, what? None of this is fitting. I need stuff to work. Um, and it took a while. I was like, Oh, this feels weird to be able to meditate and just sit here and just vibe out. But like, it really does help. It really does kind of, at least for me, I don't know if you can relate to this, but it helps me focus my mind for the day, especially when I have a lot of zoom calls, especially when I have a lot of emails to send. Um, it kind of helps me reframe focus again to that note of perspective to have, again, the day is going to have its challenges, but you got to keep perspective about it. See, I do um, the opposite. I'm not doing it at night. Um, oh. So like to quiet my mind before sleeping, I'll, I'll sit and do it. But like, I like, I, you're doing it the correct way from, from what I understand from everything I've read <laughs> about mindfulness and wellness. You're supposed to do it in the morning as you're doing it. And do you find that that gives you, that gives you like extra energy after you're done, after you're done with better? I wouldn't say it gives me energy. I would just say it gives me peace because like as a creative, I have so much rattling in my mind. Some people maybe call me scatterbrain sometimes because like I know of everything that I have to get done from a day to day, but also a campaign perspective. Um, but also I'm like always trying to figure out what's the bigger, better idea. And so it kind of helps me quiet my mind a little bit to be able to like focus in on what has to be done during the day. What can wait till tomorrow? What can wait till next week? And what is in front of you today that needs to get done. And also, it helps me quiet my mind to give me a visual of how my campaign's going to look. 
because every campaign that I'm on right now have a lot of challenges. So it's very much like, what are the challenges that helps me think clearly? Yeah. And so um, before I get to the last question, can you tell us where to find you? So if anyone's listening to this, where could they check out your stuff? Where can they follow you? Yeah, I, you can just find me on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. Uh, it's all Clement Bryant, all consistent, you know, have to have that marketing <laughs> background. Um, but it's just all, uh, it's uh, at Clement Bryant anywhere on social you can find me. And so the last question is this, what's one thing you've always wanted to be asked that you just haven't been asked yet in, in an interview? I didn't have a question for this in the email. <laughs> I still try to figure out what, what it could be. Um, well, let me ask you a question about Beast. How's, I mean, because we both love the X-Men animated series. Yeah. Uh, when was the moment you knew that you liked this character, that you're like, okay, he's cool. Like, he's, he's my guy. I think it was a moment where, you know, I think you can probably write through this. I was bullied a lot in elementary, middle school, and high school. Um, and I would often really get upset about how people were treating me. And I went home and watched X-Men one day. I was maybe like six or seven, maybe eight. And it was the episode where Beast had a crush on the girl who was blind. And, of course, he was mad about it, but then he kind of retained, even though he was mad, especially about the father who didn't want his daughter associated with a mutant, he kept his cool. And he used his intelligence to figure out ways around the bigotry, you know, and being with the girl that he was in love with. I found that, as even as a child, I found that really profound, a character that has a rage, that looks the way he is, but has this nuance, that has this perspective, his intelligence. I found that really impressive and, I don't know, something just cooked me and I'm like, I can use this in my own life. Yes. And ever since then, it's like, I might have issues with, with people, you know, but I think about Beast and Beast is one that I'm like, guy has it locked. I speak to the animated version, not seriously comics, but like, yeah. I always found that impressive. Yeah, I think for I think because we're about the same age or around the same age, so I, I think for us now generation, it's, it's always going to be the cartoon, right? Yeah. Like anytime you talk about X Men, I think it's going to default automatically. Uh, and I, you even see that now with with uh, have you seen the ending to Ms. Marvel? Or, I don't want to say anything if you haven't. Oh, seen that. I have oh. so many thoughts about that. I saw it. Okay. I cannot but believe you, it. I don't want to. Spoil but you've it. you've heard that theme, right? And we heard the theme in pre in a recent movie as well. So I, I mean, clearly they know that this audience, the cartoon is the yeah. thing. Right. Yeah, yeah. Which I'm like, thank God they're doing that. Yes. Twenty yes, years of movies, they didn't hit that at all, and now they're like, yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm glad. Uh, yeah, exactly. Right when, I, when yeah. I saw Doctor Strange, I was, you know, you're always in, you always think there's going to be some kind of fake out because the trailers are always different from the actual MCU films, right? But I was so happy to, to just see that rendition of Patrick Stewart. Uh, that was that was great. It was. I I cried. I was like, ah. Uh. Why am I crying right now? I, I shouldn't be crying about this, but just the you know, the kid in me is like, this is so great. Exactly. You know? Right? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, embrace, I embrace it. Like, it to me, like, I, yo, I embrace it welling up a bit because to me, it's like, you love this thing, right? For almost 30 years. And now this yeah. thing has come back. Yeah. And that's, exactly. that, that's just, that's a powerful feeling. This is Greg Goldstein. I'm the applause sign operator here at Weibo TV. But 
turning this cute little sign on is only a small part of what I do with the show. I also pay the bills. So if you like what you just heard, and you want to hear more episodes of Weiwo TV, let me share with you how I make the money to pay those bills. Knock, knock. Who's there? Broken pencil. Broken pencil who? Never mind. There's no point. (laughs) Did you know that laughter is a distinctive human characteristic meant to help calm us down? You see, the business of marketing may be ever-changing, but people have been documented trying to make each other laugh since ancient Greece. That's why, at That Funny Agency, we're more than just digital marketing professionals with years of big agency experience. We're also professional comedians, artists, actors, writers, and musicians who have a unique insight into the science of happiness. At our digital marketing agency, we use our innate humor to bring people closer together. Customer to business, collaborator to client, friend to friend. It's almost like funny is our middle name. Oh wait, it is. So come laugh with us, journey with us, grow with us at thatfunnyagency.com. We're That Funny Agency. Strategic 360-degree digital marketing by unapologetically funny people. That's it for this episode of Weiwo TV. Our announcer, editor, and producer is Jonathan Ingram. Additional editing is provided by Andrew Van Voorhees, and those dulcet tones you hear are those of Rosie Tran, Crixley, Colton Hagen, and Elise Randall Monica. And of course, our show is hosted by Mr. B.J. Mendelson, recording at the George Carlin Podcast Studio. So folks, stay strong, stay safe, and stay sexy. Thanks for listening. Okay, your, your, your middle name is Macho, but uh, I'm wondering if you ever cry. You ever, has Macho Man ever cried? Yeah. Really? Uh-huh. It's okay for macho men to show every emotion available right there, you know, because I've cried a thousand times, I'm going to cry some more. But I've soared with the eagles and I've slithered with the snakes and I've been everywhere in between. And I'm going to tell you something right now. There's one guarantee in life and that there are no guarantees. Yeah. And uh, I understand this. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody likes a quitter. Nobody said life was easy. So if you get knocked down, take the standing eight count, get back up and fight again. Did you enjoy today's show? If you did, please take a minute and leave us a review. Yes, we know you're busy and every podcast asks you to do this, but there's a good reason they do. Because every time you leave a review, that review helps more people find and listen to the show. And you know what that means for you? More great episodes of Weiwo.tv. So what are you waiting for? Take out your phone and leave us a review right now before you move on to something else and forget about us. And we'll see you next time, right?